Separation of church and state is one of these things we hear a lot about here in America. If, of course, though, if you ever travel up to Lansing thinking, hey, I'd really like to catch a state house or state senate session, you'll almost always hear this at the beginning of those meetings. As we pray in the, the authority of the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, amen. These invocations or prayers at the beginning of sessions for the House and Senate are basically now just a part of the lawmaking process. And Shana, talk a little bit about why these exist. Well, this is something that the legislature has done for years, and each uh, House and Senate have their own special rules about this. Uh, For the Senate, there's not really anything specific giving guidance to what the invocation is. It just says that there is one right around the time we do the Pledge of Allegiance. For the House, they give a very small explanation. They're not to exceed two minutes in length. They don't always follow that. (laughs) That's Um, true. And the invocation is supposed to be general in nature, which is another thing where if you take general at face value, that probably means non-denominational. However, most of the invocations that you have, they're very specific to the faith of the person that is giving the invocation. And because a majority of the lawmakers are Christian or identify themselves as some form of Christian— a lot of these prayers end with, in Jesus' name we pray. Yeah, nine times out of ten at least. Uh, Mm -hmm. Has anyone ever brought this up as a concern? Well, this is something that a lot of lawmakers don't want to kind of talk about publicly. So I went back to former state representative Jeff Irwin, and he's somebody who doesn't have a religious affiliation. But during his six years in the House, uh, he didn't even take a turn with the invocation. And he had an interesting point, which was from his perspective, things like mandatory invocations can lead to the legislature, you know, passing different types of laws, like the one that requires the Pledge of Allegiance. Personally, I never thought that it was a huge issue that the legislature set up prayer, but I think it is symptomatic of the type of behavior that led the legislature to pass a law requiring the pledge to be recited in schools and to have schools required to lead all the children of Michigan in that pledge. You know, it's that same sort of mentality that it doesn't lead to a real and deep respect of the values that our country is supposed to be founded on. So, of course, when we're talking about that, quote-unquote, separation of church and state, we're talking about, in the legal sense, the Establishment Clause in the Constitution. Yep. So what does it mean to establish a religion? This is, an, this is a question that Michigan has made waves on recently mm-hmm. with a lawsuit that basically said, hey, I'm a person that's uncomfortable in Jackson County, Michigan, with that Board of Commissioners opening its monthly meetings with Christian prayers and then the board asking audience members to join. The Sixth Circuit Court actually threw that lawsuit out, but there are other court decisions that are sort of contradictory, so it's still legal gray area, it seems like. Uh, Shana, and why should people really be paying attention to this? One of the things that is at the heart of the Establishment Clause is this ability to freely and openly and comfortably participate in your democracy. And for some people, you know, being required to stand for a religion that they don't uh, subscribe to can make them feel uncomfortable and can be a deterrent. The reason that it's such an important issue is because it's all about feeling comfortable participating in the democratic process. 